like this, Matthew chapter 22. Jesus spoke to them again in parables saying, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. And he sent out his slaves, some versions read servants, to call those who had been invited to the wedding feast and they were unwilling to come. <laughs> Again, he sent out another set of slaves or servants saying, tell those who've been invited, behold, I have prepared dinner. My oxen have been fattened. The livestock are all butched. Everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. Nudge your neighbor, tell them, let's eat. But they paid no attention. And they went their way. One to his own form. Another to his business. And the rest seized his slaves. And mistreated them. And killed them. But the king was enraged. And he sent his armies. And destroyed those murders, murderers. And set their city on fire. Then he said to the slaves, the wedding is ready. <laughs> but those who were invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main highways and as many as you find there invite to the wedding feast. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered together all they found, both evil and good. And the wedding hall was filled with dinner guests but when the king came in and he looked over the dinner guests he saw a man there who had not been dressed in wedding clothes and he said to him friends how did you come in here without the wedding clothes and the man was speechless then the king said to the servants bind him hand and foot Throw him into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For those of you taking notes, would you title this, Dress for Possession? Dress for Possession. Touch somebody, tell them, Dress for Possession. Awesome. You guys be seated and let's get into it. Um, I'm excited um, that we get to navigate this um, text this morning because most of you may be thinking what in the world does this have to do with possession at all <laughs> um, and we've been talking about here at t what god is bringing us into and what we are uh, about to possess um, and because of that um, god sent us on this segue or this detour this morning um, that's going to lead us into the same place again would you nudge your neighbor and tell them i'm dressed for possession I want us to understand one thing about God as God is getting ready to bring us into these wonderful things and cause us to thrive in areas. And as God is going to bestow his grace and his mercy upon you, I want you to get this. You're about to come into something that you did not work for. You did not earn. And if not for his unmerited favor and love you would not experience it. 
Okay? I, I want us all to understand that least we coming to this place and boast about what the Lord has done in our own strength and our own understanding. So I'll say it again. You did not earn where God is about to take you. You did not work your way there. Your education did not get this for you, right? Your intellect did not put you in the right place. Do you understand that? What God is doing in our lives is because of his unmerited favor and his unmerited grace. Every once in a while, you'll meet someone um, and... Um, uh, and maybe we have some, some doctors in the room, but, but every once in a while you'll meet someone. And I remember being in a certain profession and um, there was this guy, I think his name was Henry. And I said, um, hey, Mr. Jackson or whatever his last name was. And he says, no, call me doctor. And what he was saying is that I have worked for this title. Right. Um, please address me accordingly. <laughs> now, it's one way to have a certain attitude when you feel like you've worked for a certain level of achievement. But I believe that God is about to bestow his favor upon people who know they didn't deserve it. Right? Who know they didn't work well enough for it, study hard enough for it. But because of his grace and his mercy, his unmerited favor, we're about to experience possessing. Not because we're good, but because he's good. All right? We're about to walk into it because God is good. So I want us to get out of the notion that we can work ourselves into this place. We're going to come into it because God is good. Would you touch yourself and say, God is good? Sometimes we need the reminder of how awesome God is because our eyes are blinded or weighed down by the pressure of life. We forget how to be thankful for the little things that God is already doing in our lives. Most of us have the tendency to get into ruts that cause us to complain about the negative instead of responding to God for the goodness that he has already done. Every once in a while, you ought to stop and just thank God for being great for the things that he has already done. It puts our lives into a great perspective and to a great place where you and I come to understand that God is worthy to be praised, not just on Sunday, but all the time. Are you hearing me in this place? The reason I want us to understand this is I don't want us to wait into possession to decide God is good. Right? Possession, the things that we'll walk into is a byproduct of his love and his grace and his mercy. He's going to do that not because we've been right. But because he's been excellent. He's been wonderful. He has been kind. And it's his kindness, his goodness, and his mercy that is overwhelming us. It will overtake us. I believe this, that his blessings are going to run some of you down. David said it like this. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. He understood that God's love and mercy has no end. His compassions fail not... His love is eternal. It's why he can save us on earth but love us for the rest of eternity. It's why one day when we leave this place we'll dwell with him forever because his love is eternal and it does not run out. I want you to understand this this morning that his love cannot run out. Therefore, the favor, the grace, the promise 
cannot fail and it will come to pass. Tell your neighbor for the second time, it will come to pass. Some of us have been weighed down by what if, and God says, don't worry about what if. And most of us only think what if when we start slipping. Because we have predicated what our promise looks like based upon, look at this, based upon how we perform. Right? You have a bad thought and now you say, oh my God, oh my God, I forfeited it. Now here's the truth of the matter. He promised it to you knowing your mindset. You did not catch him by surprise. Now, you may have surprised yourself. Now, I, I, I'll never forget, like, after I, I got saved, I was, like, really believing in God, just zealous, like, telling everybody about Jesus, Jesus, you get Jesus, you get Jesus, you get Jesus. And I'm, like, I'm, like, excited. I'm, like, pumped up. And then I sinned, and I was, like, shocked, like, looking in the mirror, like, maybe I did not get Jesus because how could I have Jesus and sin. Then I realized that he was working out something in me. He has saved my soul, but my character he still had to work on. My mindset he still had to renew, and I had to work on that daily. Are you hearing me in this place? Imagine, imagine if salvation was based upon how you responded. Like someone cuts you off on the freeway. And depending upon how you responded, you were saved or not, right? They cut you off and you curse up, not saved. Imagine that. So God says, God says, I need you to understand, because I'm not just I'm not preaching my love today. But God says, look, I need you to understand that what I'm about to bring you into, you did not earn. I just want to kill the pride. I, 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 I want to I reduce the boasting. And before you start taking pictures of your promise, right? Making people think that you have arrived to some status, right? I want you to understand that God did this. Somebody shout, God did this. No, shout out, say, God did this. This next thing that's about to hit your life. God says, I'm going to prove that it was me. Now, because God is doing that, now I'll preach. Because God is doing that thing, and because it's God who does it, I need us to understand that God is a good steward. He does not aimlessly or without direction bestow blessings. <laughs> he does not just pass out blessings to be passing out blessings. He does not bring you into possession just to bring you into possession. He is a good steward. Somebody say good steward. The text often refers to him as a wise master or a king. In the parable of talents, he's seen as the master who is wise, who is investing talents into everybody. And look at this. He expects a return. Because he is a good steward, because he is a wise master, he never, and I mean never, invests without inspecting a return. What that means for you and I is that God is giving you something that he never expects to fail. I, I want you to hear this. I want you to understand this. He never brings us into promise or into possession expecting that we fail. Touch yourself and say, I will not fail. Now, you will not fail not because you're good at what you do. 
You will not fail because it's him who sent you on assignment. It's he who opened the door for you. It's God who has made the way. He never, and I mean never, sends us on assignment, brings us into purpose, or brings us into possession, not expecting that we win. Can you imagine? This is why the writer says that the promises of God are yes and amen. That does not mean that everything that you pray for, God is going to give you. No, 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 no. It means that God, when he releases something, it is finished, it is complete, and it will accomplish that which it has set out to do. So God says, I'm calling you into possession, and I, God, say that this is what you will be, and you will be what he says you will be, right? And whenever God speaks a word about what you will be, you know what the next thought that comes up? Well, what if I can't be? Whenever God begins to declare this is what it is, the next word that you hear is what if I can't? And the reason we question God on this rationale or on this level is because we are thinking about us carrying it out in our own strength. <sighs> I need you to understand this morning, you're not strong enough, not wise enough, not great enough to maintain. I need you to hear this, what God wants to bestow. He wants to give you something that keeps you dependent on him. Are you hearing me in this place? He wants to set you up so up that you say, my God, you have done such a wonderful work in my life. Where would I be without you? For a fact, I need you to maintain this. Are you hearing me in this place? So, so he, he's a good steward. Somebody say good steward. He never, he never, he never invests without having direction. He's very clear on what he chooses to do, and he's very clear on what he calls us into. So when he says purpose, this is what I've called you into, he has thought it out from the beginning and the end. Though it catches you and I by surprise, God is not shocked. <laughs> He's not shocked at all at what he's doing in our lives. Though you and I may be shocked about it, he's not shocked. He says, I know where you were going to be when you started this thing. And though you're struggling with it right now, you're still on your way. Now, as we get ready to go into possession, um, I thought it was fitting as God revealed to me Matthew chapter 22. Because the Bible says that because God is a good steward, he, please don't miss this, he prepared, somebody say prepared. He prepared a feast in honor of his son. Somebody say prepared. There, there are prepared blessings. Prepared promises. Prepared destinies anybody know what it's like to wait on food to get done like you're ready to eat you get a church go visit your parents grandma whatever and you're like I'm hungry I can't wait to get there and eat but then you gotta sit and wait right that's not prepared that's called waiting oh y'all hear me I think we'll be just shouting a little bit louder God says what I have done is I have prepared it is ready to partake in. 
Are y'all hearing me in this place? God says, we're getting ready to walk in a possession. The people need to understand that it's already ready. Somebody shout out, it's already ready. It has, I know it's a double negative. It has been prepared. It has been prepared. So the Bible says that at this feast, there's the fatted calf, the lamb chop, the pork chops, whatever chop you like. The veggies and the sides are laid out. This feast is ready. Now, I love this because the banquet hall is empty. And the only thing that's in the banquet hall is the food that's prepared. Are you hearing me? Your promise of possession is already prepared. And it's waiting on you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There is something... That has been prepared that is waiting on you to arrive. The Bible says that he prepares everything in the banquet hall and he sends servants out. Servants. This text says slave. Other translations read servant. What you need to understand is that these people work for the king. They're sent out and they're kind of like speaking a message like I'm speaking to you. Said, hey. God has prepared something for you. Are you hearing me? God, God, he, the, the, the fatted calf has been slain. The lamb chops are ready. The macaroni and cheese, whatever you like. The potato salad, whatever you like. I hate that stuff. He says, I've, I've prepared something for you. And all I need you to do is show up. I, I, I don't want to scream this. But I need you to understand that when it's prepared, the only thing that you have to do is make it to the address. Are, are you hearing me in this place? Whenever God decides that I have a plan, destiny, promise, and purpose for you, the only thing that you have to do is make it to the address. Nudge your neighbor and tell them just make it to the address. You think that the fight is against the address, the fight is against you getting there. Because once you get there, what stops you? Are you hearing me in this place? I think I hit the wrong church. Um, th th there is nothing that's going to stop you once you get there. So the enemy says, don't walk, don't go. That's not even for you. That's too much. It's only for those type of people. You shouldn't be there. You don't deserve it. Shame. Look at what you've done. You can't even go there. But listen, I need you to understand this. I need you to understand this. If it was not for you, I need you to, don't, please don't miss this. You would not have gotten the invitation. Whenever God brings us into possession, he first gives us an invitation. Can I, I'm just going to preach just a little bit. For Moses, his invitation was the burning bush. For David, his invitation was Goliath. For humanity, their invitation or our invitation was Jesus Christ. Whenever God says, I'm getting ready to bring you into a new level, he gives you an invitation. Somebody say invitation. No, shout it out. Say invitation. Now, you would not have gotten the invitation if there was not promise for you. Are you hearing me in this place? 
you would now let me tell you most of you are trying to figure out well I, I never saw a burning bush <laughs> right you, you try, I never fought Goliath an invitation please don't miss this is when you have to make a decision an invitation is a fork in the road most of you know you've gotten an invitation because you've had to decide in this last season of your life am I going to go left or am I going to go right are you hearing me in this place you've had to decide am I going into the new or am I going into the old you've had to decide am I going forward or am I going backwards somebody shout invitation the invitation always positions you to make a decision. Are you hearing me? The invitation always positions you to make a decision. The invitation always positions you to make a decision. I'll say it again. The invitation always positions you to make a decision. By show of hands, how many people have gotten an invitation? <laughs> How, how, how many people have just gotten an invitation? Not even, a, we're not going to do months. Over the last week, how many people have gotten an invitation? I, I, I've gotten an invitation and you didn't even know you were invited because it came in the form of a decision. God says, no, I have something prepared for you. I need you to decide to accept or not. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So look at this. He, he gives us an invitation before he brings us into what is already prepared. It's different if I'm going to have to show up, wash my hands, jump in the kitchen and help cook. God says, no, <laughs> the only thing that I need you to do is show up. Let your neighbor tell him all you got to do is show up. Look what you scream at him. Tell him all you got to do is show up. Ask him one last time, what are you waiting on? What are you waiting on? Because the only thing that you got to do is show up to joy. The only thing that you got to do is show up to happiness. The only thing that you got to do is show up to peace. The only thing that you got to do is show up to promise. The only thing that you got to do is show up to hope. But look, you make a decision every time you decide, I'm going to just keep being bitter. I'm a, it's a choice. It's always a choice. I'm a just, I, I just, you know what? I just, I'm not feeling it today. And you just made a choice. You've just taken your invitation and you've just balled it up and you've thrown it down. Now, I need you to realize the next part of this text says that the king, whoo, good God Almighty, that was the first time the king says, maybe they did not get my information. <laughs> And he sends a second set of servants to invite them again. You ought to shout for his grace, his mercy. Because whenever God gives us a second chance, he already gave us the first chance that we failed. The second time, let me tell you something. The second time always means so much more. Because you know what it's like to ball up the invitation the first time. And the minute you, some of y'all are saying, God, if you give me another chance, if you, if, I didn't realize it back then. I was young. I was dumb. I was stupid. I don't know what was going on. It was the devil. I was attacked. My hair wasn't growing. I don't know what was happening. But God, if you give me another chance, if you just give me one more chance, if you just give me one, someone say one more. If you, you just give me one more chance. So the king says, which is what I preached a couple of weeks ago, okay, repeat. 
He sends an invitation again, and this is a form of his mercy, his grace. He didn't have to do it. The dinner is ready. He could eat by himself. But he did not prepare for himself. He prepared for you and I. Are you seeing it? And um, he sends a second invitation, but the Bible says something interesting, especially in Luke 15. It says that one went to his business. One says, I got to go get married. The other one said, I have things to do. Right? I'm too busy. And I realize that sometimes the attack is not a negative, I got hurt, car wreck, flat tire, headache, sickness in my body. Sometimes that's not the attack. Sometimes the attack is, can you take another job? Sometimes the attack is the phone call. Sometimes the attack is meant to keep you busy. They reject the invitation because they got things to do. <laughs> Are you hearing me in this place? They reject the invitation. Tell your neighbor, please don't reject the invitation because you're busy. <laughs> I'm going to walk. I hope y'all keep up with me, cameras. Please, please, please don't reject the invitation because you're busy. Isn't it just like us to tell God who knows our schedule what we have to do and then we'll get to the invitation God I was going to do what you had said but um, first um, I need to tell my boss that I quit because I don't like being abrupt you told me to quit now and it's kind of abrupt I got to put it in a two week notice you know it ain't kingdom <laughs> it ain't kingdom to act like that right right so so we're trying to tell God how to manage the invitation Lord we don't even know what some of us don't even realize what we got invited to he told them hey there's a party the food's ready you don't even have to wait come now so now I'm busy I'm too busy to fill out the application God told me to fill out I'm too busy to write the letter. I hope I'm helping somebody. I'm too busy to pray like God told me to pray. I'm just too busy. God, I got to go get married. I got to go to work at five. I got, I got stuff to do. I'm, I'm just too busy to call and tell them I'm sorry. What are you doing with your invitation? So the king gets report back and the servants Say, hey, they're still not coming. The king says, fine. Go to the highways and the byways and invite the good and evil. Forget my select list. Invite everybody who will come. Hey, we got free food. Come. Right? Invite everybody who will come and tell them that it's a party. And the Bible says that the king steps out and he sees the room full. This isn't the select list, church. <laughs> this was not the original lineup. These people were not invited. And you know the truth of the matter is, I believe that we're in the second group. Not the first group. 
The text says this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. So we're all in a room and we're excited. Somebody's like, oh, you can eat lamb chops. This place is so great. You even know who the son is? I have no idea who the son is, but I heard he's getting married. Great wedding. It's like, do you know who the son is? Like, no, I don't even know who the son is. And look at this. They're in their place of possession by default because others were too sophisticated or busy to receive the invitation. Some of us don't know how we got here. We don't, we don't know how we, we, we stumbled upon his love. <laughs> like he, even with all the church, we, we stumbled upon this, this favorite place. And, 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 and they're sitting in the room. And I was really excited about this story into this last part. Y'all, they're sitting in a room and they're enjoying this beautiful, beautiful Reception, excited, eating, like this is great, this is great. The king walks out and he's looking around and he's shaking hands. I don't know you, don't know you. Great, glad you can make it, glad you can make it, glad you can make it. And he points out one person. This person, church, um, is dressed in his street clothes, not his wedding attire. He looks at him and says, how did you get in? He says, uh, uh, uh. he says, who let you in? King is looking around. And the reason he's trying to figure out how he got in, because he's not dressed. I want you to hear this, church. The invitation is free. But you still got to go shopping. Are you hearing me? I can't ride too long on this. The invitation was free. And we think that in the season of possession. That our ticket is enough. I got to ask you one question church as I'm done. Are you dressed for where he's about to take you? Nudge your neighbor and ask him, are you dressed for where he's about to take you? Right, I hear you, I hear you, I hear you. I'm possessed and I'm taking my marriage back. But have you changed some stuff that says I accept what God is about to do in my life? Are you hearing me in this place? Because we're going to shout it out and we're going to sweat it out and we're going to run it out and we're going to be excited about a party that we're going to show up to and will not be dressed for. He looks at the servant and says, where's your attire? Because did you not know you were coming to a reception? Did you not know you were getting, oh my God. Did you, you know what? You know what? I know who this guy was. He was somebody who was like, who me? Invited? Oh, I, I'm a nobody. Oh, this can't be real. I'm going to just go and see. And that's how some of us ride our faith. Right? We just, we'll, we'll just stick around. I'm going to just go and see. 
God, I'm a just, well, if it happened, it happened. If it don't, it don't. Right? So we're never dressed. Two things. First thing, being dressed for the reception says I expect it to be here. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? Being dressed for the reception says I expect it to be here. Can I tell you, church, you have got to get ready for what God is bringing you into. It means that there is a wardrobe change that has to hit your life. Sometimes that wardrobe change starts with delete, unfollow, block. Sometimes that wardrobe change changes what you actually go in shopping. Sometimes that wardrobe change says I need to change my circle and my mind because I am on my way to a reception you have got the invitation let's stop shouting about the invitation shout when you got something to wear I finally I finally found what I was looking for are y'all hearing me in this place I finally found you know how it was for those of you who enjoyed prom some of you didn't you didn't like it whatever I finally found the perfect dress for those of you married I finally found the perfect suit I need us to stop getting excited about possession and get excited when we've got the attire because the attire speaks to your expectation. This is too much. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The attire says, I expect. I expect to be here. Softly, I'm done. I expect to be here. Question. Here's my question, church. What? <laughs> what do you expect? I don't know, Pastor. You've just been preaching about possession. And, you know, whatever God do. No, 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 no. See, see, when I expect that God is going to bring me into joy, bring me into peace, bring me into my promise, when I expect that, I want you to hear this. When I have that expectation, I start preparing for it. And then I start dressing like where I'm going. I dress like it. I, every once in a while, well, a lot of time, I'll go to a store and I'll see someone in their sleeping clothes in the checkout line in the store. And I'll wonder, I just think to myself, like, yeah, maybe you were laying down or maybe you're not because it's kind of early in the day. But did you know you were going to the store? Because it's one thing to be sidetracked, just run to the mailbox and someone calls you and says, by the way, go to the store. But, but did you know you were going to be in front of people? Look at what gets the man thrown out of promise. The attire. Where did y'all see seeing that in the scripture? You know what I did see? I saw his attitude about promise. He didn't care. Bible says he was speechless. He couldn't even reply to God. Like, um, because what do you say? You're at a reception. Why aren't you dressed? Oh, I didn't have anything to wear. Last thing. This is my second thing. The invitation warrants, look at this, warrants that you have the ability to go get something to wear. Y'all missed it. Even if he did not have anything to wear, the invitation says you have ability 
to go get something. But no, my account is broke. If you were not able to, you would not be receiving this invitation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I want to encourage you. I want you to understand this. That you've gotten an invitation to a new life, a new purpose, a new destiny, a new hope. And don't let any excuse stop you from showing up to this place. Eyes closed all over the building. I got another invitation I want to give. See, I know that as God is inviting us into newness and into truth and into promise and into grace and into mercy and to fulfill things, I know also that there is an invitation unto his kingdom, unto his peace, unto his grace today. I know that. There are some of us here who don't even realize that just showing up today was an invite. God wants to know, are you ready to receive him? Because he wants to invite you to the party. So if you're here and you're saying, I, you know what? I hear what you're saying, and I want to give my life to God. I really want to serve him. I want to know what he has next for my life. And you're saying, I want to receive him. I want to take that invitation. If that's you, I want you to lift your hands high. If you're watching live, I see a hand. Good. I see a hand. If you're watching live, just type I. Come on, if you're saying, I'm ready to give my life to Christ, I want you to lift your hands high. Lift them high. Lift them high. I see a hand. Good. See a hand. See hands. Good. Father, I want to receive that invitation. This is good. If your hands are lifted, if you're in this place, family, let's do this together. Repeat after me. Father, forgive me for I've sinned against you. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that you died and rose from my sins. I renounce and denounce any God that I may have put before you. Lord Jesus, save my life. If you said that simple prayer, I want to welcome you to the body of Christ. Come on, clap it up. I want to welcome you to the body of Christ.